Welcome to another exciting episode of the Well Told Story Insights Podcast. Well Told Story creates social and economic value in Africa, harnessing the power of research, media, and strategic communications. You'll find all of our previous podcast episodes, along with blog posts, research, videos, and more on our website, welltoldstory.co.ke. Hi, I'm Nigel Kubu, the head of digital at Well Told Story here in Nairobi. And today I've got a guest called Charles Bradley from Adept. And uh, we are working together and discussing today some of the work we've done together around data privacy, data protection, as well as data security. So I think to kick us off, as we've often heard, is that data is the new oil uh, powering the future of economic growth and sustainability. And um, perhaps my guest can introduce himself and tell us what he does. Fantastic. Yeah. And thank you for having me on the show. So back in 2004, a company called Global Partners Digital was founded by a human rights expert called Andrew Putafat. And back in 2004, sort of Andrew's sort of uh, thesis or philosophy was that the internet and digital technologies were going to change the way uh, we experienced and we had our sort of enjoyment of our human rights. Some people thought he was pretty crazy. Um, at this time, Facebook only had 50,000 uh, users. And the idea that the internet was going to be anything more than a fad uh, was, was still to be debated. But since then, you know, as, as mentioned, we've seen a complete shift in the way uh, that digital and and the and internet in particular uh, have powered many different ways in which we communicate, we create, and, and we commu- uh, we share experiences with each other, as well as enjoy um, our human rights. Thank you very much, Charles, and uh, welcome to the show. So, um, you work with technically technology-enabled businesses all over the world. What are the, some of the key trends you see in technology, and especially in the social impact space? Well, I think what's really exciting is actually working in this field at the moment. I think the way in which entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs uh, in particular around the world are using new technologies to be able to actually solve real problems, problems with the, which remain uh, unsolved by government policy or, or by traditional sort of charities or NGOs, but are real fundamental to the enjoyment of people's lives and, and their human rights. And what we're seeing um, is the way in which certain technologies can catalyze social impact um, and actually be used as a force for good rather than some of the more mundane ways that we've seen technology used in terms of traditional advertising or trying to sell sell us more products. So some of the key trends we're really seeing are interesting innovations in the the healthcare space. So how do you get more granular, more targeted information to uh, vulnerable communities who who don't have access uh, to high quality health insurance or health provisions in their community? What's the role that technology can play uh, within that sort of healthcare space? And again, in sort of education, Education, one of you know, one of the key drivers of development um, uh, around the world, um, and the you know the way in which uh, people can move between social you know social mobility and find their way into new jobs um, and and uh, a more bright future. The way in which technology can dramatically reduce the cost of providing education to people in rural areas around the world or provide you know, expert advice from mentors based out of the West Coast of America, which are now instantly accessible to millions of people um, who'd never been able to access that content before. So we're seeing some really interesting ways in which different technologies, be it artificial intelligence, 
uh, uh, be it sort of uh, blockchain and, and, and other technologies being used to solve actual social problems and, and failures within our social I- infrastructure. Great. Thank you for that. And um, speaking of technology, as you'd imagine, then we start having to speak about the, the user's rights within the, the, the space. And um, with Well Told Story being a social impact platform, especially targeted at young people in the East African uh, uh, space of the continent, what do you see as some of the key challenges in pursuing this joint objective of protecting users' rights, all the while catalyzing social impact? What are some of the things that uh, you see being a challenge in us working together and, and what we've been discussing over the last two days as, as some of the pain points that we could possibly um, leverage from your company's abilities in, in, in achieving this joint objective? Absolutely. I think that's, that's you know, really the right question to be asking. The, the challenge of utilizing technology um, and providing greater ability to, to catalyze social impact is that we need data for this. And fundamentally, the the more data we collect, often uh, the better the service we can make, the better the quality of the the service, the quality of the product, um, the granularity that we can provide the right tailored content to the right user at the right time. So when you're on one side mining huge amounts of information to provide both a better quality of the product itself, but also to be able to, and in you know, well-told stories case, be able to analyze and think about that uh, and research um, that information from a, from a public benefit perspective, you're going to have key, key challenges to deal with in terms of how that is managed and who is going to be able to see and u- use that information. So really the, the key challenge is how do you collect and use the information that you need to be able to to achieve your goals in the social impact space whilst actually protecting the rights of rights of users. And I think that what we're seeing is a binary conversation uh, coming about where you have to do one or the other. You can't you can't do both. And I think that what we um, we really believe in, in the work that we do is both of these are achievable together. When you put together the right um, uh, policies, the right frameworks in place, you can collect that data and catalyze the social impact in a way that protects the privacy, the security and other human rights um, of your users. So as you would know, um, Well Told Stories are socially orientated media and research company. Our goals being to empower, inspire and get young people to take action and ownership, effectively giving them agency over their own lives, both socially and economically. Um, we're well known for our comic books, our uh, high reach radio shows. And the later now we've started um, obviously leveraging online technology such as social media in being able to have discussions and change national discourse um, around key topics like sexual reproductive health, like governance, tobacco control, etc. Um, we have now recently started moving our offerings to a more digitized space given where our audience is. And uh, one of the first products we have launched, which was actually launched on the 1st of December, is called NXT, which is effectively a platform where young people can interact with all our media, including radio, including uh, comics, including uh, videos, etc., that we capture and share stories of young people in Kenya making a change or making a difference. I imagine sitting here that our listeners at home might be thinking, what does well-told story have to do with this? Surely that's not something that well-told story needs to care about. How do you see that we need to start being concerned about all this data that we use in order to get our messaging relevant to young people? What's the, what's the downside that we or the other side that we have to be careful of 
as we pursue this targeted uh, uh, messaging that we give to young people across Kenya and Tanzania? Well, I, I think you've you know, really hit it on the head with some of the, the areas in which you're, you're focused on and where, where your goals are. So let's take um, sexual reproductive health um, as, a, as an issue area. When someone interacts with your platform um, and they provide their information, they're often going to provide you know, their real information, their, their, their name, their email address, their, their telephone number, etc. And um, this being shared uh, more broadly or being lost uh, by the business um, may, may potentially be, be an issue for you. It may be an annoyance for the user themselves. You know, um, we've all got texts from those people uh, who we've never thought uh, we gave them our number um, and wondered, wondered where that came from. But when we start putting on, on top of that quite sensitive uh, information uh, that users are trusting you with, um, that they believe that your platforms are spaces where they can have these meaningful conversations, where in the offline space, they can't. You know, they're, they're, they, um, the stigma of having this conversation with their friends uh, may be too great and a, and a barrier to this. But in online space, um, you're able to you know, demystify that and make, make that more accessible to them. So when you have and you've collected all of this information, which is important for the, the optimization of your product to make sure that you're getting the right material to the right person in the right way, to making sure that you're uh, achieving your sort of you know, social objectives, that has to be stored um, and, and, and managed in a, in a very, very sensitive way. Um, if this information, for example, uh, were to be, to be leaked um, or someone was to misuse that uh, with inside a uh, well-told story, there would be um, not just an annoyance uh, incurred uh, by, by the user, but in, you know, an infringement of their rights, their right, of their right to privacy, if that was provided in a, in a private manner uh, to well-told story. But it also starts to have knock-on effects in the offline world. And if people are aware that this particular person in their community um, has shared very sensitive information, which, which detailed some of the characteristics that they had or um, potentially a healthcare issue that they'd been going through. Just imagine what that would be like for that person in that community and, and, and how challenging that would be. So I think that when we, when we look at these issues um, from, a, from a purely technical or sort of like uh, legal perspective, we sometimes get lost in all this red tape and start getting thinking about, oh, um, what is the latest legislation of this look like? And why should I do this? And, you know, we, we're, we're just trying to, trying to build a product that has, you know, has an ultimate sort of like um, incredibly powerful goal. Um, but we think that if, you, if you're not protecting the, that data in, in that way where you can drive trust, you can build a longer, more sustained relationship with your users who keep coming back because they know that this is a place where they can have that conversation, they can learn more, they can share in a safe space, that you'll lose those users. In, in, in the future and in the, and in the meantime of, of those, of those um, potential vulnerabilities or, or disclosures happening, um, you'll infringe their rights and that will be sort of ca- completely counter to the, the overarching objective of Well Told Story. So effectively you're saying to me that one of the important things about data privacy, data protection and effectively data security is that from a WTS or Well Told Story point of view, the better we manage our data uh, or the data of our users and our fans, the more trust we actually build in our fans in, in them being open with us and thus being able to have more in-depth conversations and more relevant conversations to help us move the social impact forward. 
So I completely understand that. But um, we have another uh, sort of a, a, a stakeholder in this mix, which is our partners. So we work with a lot of big NGOs who have interest in, in helping improve societal uh, uh, conditions for our young people. And since we focus on 15 to 24, I just wonder what concerns would some of our, our partners and donors have in terms of some of the information now we have of these young people. Uh, 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 and we have that information in an effort to drive uh, a better messaging or better targeted messaging. But what would be some of the concerns that our partners would have in us holding that information? And why, why would they be so keen on us having good policy and good practice behind how we keep and store and utilize that information of our users? Well, I, th- I think that um, that comes down to uh, sort of three key areas, really. Um, from, a, from a donor's perspective, um, there's uh, clearly a social objective that they're trying to achieve uh, by providing you resources or, or, you know, working with you in, in this particular way. Um, so firstly, um, th- I, I imagine, um, and I've had many conversations with investors and, and, um, and, and donors in, in this space, um, the first thing is what are our legal obligations? So if I provide resources or, uh, you know, helping World Told Story build out an, a, a new product, um, which is actually infringing or potentially has the, the ability to infringe these rights um, and actually have a negative impact on the people that we're working with, you know, what, what's, 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 what's my legal obligation, which is the sort of the, car- the, the stick uh, element uh, of it, um, not the most sexy uh, thing to be thinking about, but also, you know, you know critical in, in their own sort of risk management side the second is again trust so they want to build trust in you to be able to be you know an, an expert sort of global standard sort of partner in 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 what you're what you're trying to achieve and the only way they can do that is by making sure that you have trust by your fans and by your users that they come back day after day you know hour after hour and use your products and 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 and, and, and interact with you um in that way so then they can achieve their social objectives they can actually deliver on the change that they want to um, uh, achieve in the future and i think the third really is that they want to be working um, and helping you grow and i'm um, most owners at the moment and investors are thinking about you know how can i catalyze my um, investment or my resource into world Tell story so how are they going to become you know champions for you or champions for your growth as you build out and you scale what you're what you're trying to achieve so when they're talking to others um, about what your um, what your objectives are and how you're dealing with this they want to be able to say you know these guys have got it right they're managing the risks in the, in the right way but actually they're doing this in a way that actually achieves real meaningful change well thank you very much to our guest today charles bradley from adapt and that concludes our first part of the conversation around the human rights and data management policy and how this can lead forward thinking businesses to a competitive advantage in the digital age So folks, please do join us again for part two as we take this conversation further. Before we continue with part two of our podcast, I'd like to remind you that you'll find all of our previous podcast episodes along with blog posts, research, videos and more on our website, welltoldstory.co.ke. Hi, I'm Nigelot Kubu, the head of digital at Well Told Story here in Nairobi. Welcome back to the podcast. As covered in part one of the podcast, we're discussing human rights as well as data privacy and protection 
and how a modern business can turn this into a competitive advantage. My guest today is Charles Bradley of Adapt, and welcome to the show, folks, as we explore this topic further. I think one of the things that um, really struck me when we started speaking was what we, when we started discussing what we would do together or how we'd achieve these um, these policy uh, 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 and, and the process around how we manage all of this data and all the sensitive information. It struck me when you said we should call our positioning statement a human rights statement. Um, could you please build on why why we we ended up settling on calling it a human rights statement as a, as opposed to just simply labeling it a data policy? What is the importance of human rights within the context of data management and 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 security? I think that our approach has always been a human rights approach, and when we look at the objectives and look at the way in which World Health Story is trying to trying to work, what you're trying to do is touch on and empower the rights of all of your fans and users. And when we look at um, data in a purely um, like consumer privacy or um, a purely security uh, lens, we start to lose sight of the broader picture of what of what you're trying to do. So the rights to education, the, the, you know, the rights to development, the protections of children are all rights which are protected under international human rights norms and standards um, and give us the greatest sort of leverage in terms of the principles and norms um, that we should be thinking about and applying through all of our, all of our thinking um, and all of our policy at Well Told Story. So when we were thinking about how we position this, it was it was a no-brainer to think about like the human rights statement um, versus the data data privacy or data protection um, statement because what we're doing is we're taking a human rights approach to managing that data. We're saying that there is the right to privacy um, and that we need to protect that in when people share with us personal or sensitive personal information. Um, but also we're using that to empower the other rights um, and ensure that there's, there is impact in other aspects of our users' lives um, rather than it being we're not trying to infringe on the privacy of our users, which is a zero-sum game where we end up going down um, a slippery slope um, and, and, and until we uh, decide when we can start <laughs> infringing on, on those rights. But it, it becomes a, um, a mindset, a, a way in which we can holistically look at all aspects um, of the well-told story brand, of the of the products and the services, um, and the, the comics and the radio and everything else that you that you do, and say we're taking a human rights approach, and how we we protect their privacy is because without privacy, people don't feel comfortable to share their political views, to share their religious views, to talk in a in an open and frank way, and, and it's an empowering right for other rights such as the right to freedom of expression, freedom of association, and assembly. Um, and therefore, when we look at it in, in that holistic manner, we start to see what the, uh, what the positives and the, the, the new sort of competitive advantage is uh, for World Told Story um, versus uh, a simple data management policy which sits in a corridor somewhere and no one really understands why this is part of the culture um, of, of, of the company. Excellent. There's a phrase you used there which I really loved, which was the competitive advantage. And um, I've got a sort of a two-part question on this. Number one, where would you, having worked across the continent with various big businesses and big donors around the world, where would you place um, Kenya in as far as data protection, data privacy, uh, and, and security in the lens of uh, human rights 
where would you place it in the world? Would you say we're, we're rather progressive? We're, are we a bit behind in terms of global standards and norms, um, especially with the, the sudden growth of digital in, in this part of the world? But secondly, when you speak of competitive advantage, could you maybe give us a practical example of how a business like Well Told Story can start to use a policy like this that they live by and, 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 and use as a, as a channel for empowering the youth, but also empowering ourselves by knowing that we're on the right side of the law? How can we actually use that proactively as a competitive advantage that puts us at the forefront ahead of maybe where other businesses may be thinking? Well, I, th- I think um, that's, that's a great, a great two questions there. I think the the first point is, um, it, it you know, it goes without saying there is no data protection legislation in Kenya. So um, under the Kenyan constitution, there are protections uh, to the right to privacy. Um, and the Kenyan constitution goes as far to say that businesses um, uh, have uh, a role in respecting those rights. And therefore, constitutionally, the right to privacy is protected. Um, but there is no specific um, data protection bill. And there's no data protection authority in Kenya, uh, which means that um, there are limited ways in which businesses Businesses can get in trouble, um, and therefore, um, uh, the sort of the general practice can be quite um, can be in some places quite sloppy, um, and and there's a there's a there's a, sometimes a, a lack of understanding by businesses of what their role is um, to be able to protect that privacy. I think that um, having worked with maybe a hundred tech SMEs now uh, in, in Kenya on on this particular issue through through a number of projects over a number of years, I think what's really interesting is the the new tech, the new um, sort of you know social entrepreneurs and, and tech tech entrepreneurs really understand that this is this is a vital uh, ingredient for their success. They're starting to see questions arise both personally because they understand that this is a, a global debate um, and, and, and a global issue that, that they need to be working on and they're starting to think about how can we embed that into our new services our new our new products etc which i think is a complete change in, in and shift in mentality from five or six years ago where you know this wasn't an issue at all. Data was dealt with um, in a very you know haphazard way, but actually the role of technology um, has actually made this a much easier and a um, a much uh, more um, achievable objective for businesses. And I could see this as uh, an area by which you know Kenya could do its traditional tech leapfrogging um, and actually sort of jump ahead of some of the the, the Western uh, countries where they have already you know gone a bit further in in how they deal with and and, and protect protect that data. Um, privacy by design is, you know, uh, a term that's you know thrown around a lot. But when you're genuinely building products and services which never existed before on platforms that have never existed with users that have never been connected, this gives you a perfect sort of ripe environment um, to build these practices and, and, and policies um, in place. And I think that comes onto uh, the broader competitive advantage. Um, so what we're seeing are people ask for and ask questions about um, how uh, consumers, uh, how companies, pardon, are using uh, their data. And we see this from simple examples of um, the M-Pesa agent who writes down all your very sensitive information on a piece of paper and on, 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 you know, on a on a clipboard, um, um, and and that gets used and shared and sold, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, and that's starting to make people wary of where they put their information, how how they're thinking about it, right up to the the biggest global platforms who um, and biggest um, global companies who are. Um, 
you know, biggest data breaches ever um, have happened in, in, in the last six months. Um, Equifax, um, Uber very recently. Um, and these are companies uh, that, you know, that resonate um, in, in the Kenyan context and, and people are becoming aware of these issues and, you know, the big companies um, getting it wrong. So that opens a discourse, uh, opens a sort of um, a, a, a different sort of language between users of what do I need to look for? How do I need to, how do I need to look for it? So when we're talking about how to position World Told Story um, with this as a competitive advantage. It's telling that narrative, you know, which is you know fundamental to, to what you guys do, that storytelling. How do we protect your data? How do we think about that? Why do we think that's important? How can you trust us versus others? Look at all the things that we've done and, 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 and all the, 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 the frameworks that we have in place to really position that and making that really accessible and really understandable um, for a for a user base who may not be um, very unlikely uh, to be well versed on, on on these different issues. I think um, just in closing, in terms of setting this context, are young people, especially here in Kenya, in your experience, worried about data protection, or is it just acceptance that this is how the online world works? So we've had this massive surge. I mean, when we look at our numbers, we see that between fifteen and twenty four years old cell phone penetration or smartphone penetration was sitting at about 23% between 2015 and 2016, which is now sitting at 34%, 36% actually. Now, we're getting to that tipping point where everyone is going to have a smartphone. Are young people in Kenya within those age brackets even concerned about this? Or are we just going on a moral high ground to, to sort of look out for interests that they may not even be aware of? I think that's a very interesting question. I think that... um. Uh, there has been quite an interesting conversation going on at the moment um, about whether our idea, the concept of privacy has fundamentally shifted through the application, you know, through us becoming online, from everything being connected. And what does privacy really mean um, when your fridge talks to your TV, talks to your cell phone, talks to your bank, um, et cetera, et cetera. And we have this genuine uh, sort of balance where when as soon as it becomes a question of convenience or a question um, of a reduction in the user experience, people people you know people are going to go for the product uh, that makes it easier to do what they want to do rather than the one potentially that has you know the better privacy uh, protections in place. I think that what we're seeing actually is a uh, a global shift and um, and particularly in Kenya at the moment of a change in the perception of those larger companies. And I think that where we had implicit trust and we gave you know vast amounts of information to the the, the world's biggest platforms and, and 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 local platforms without thinking about how it was being used, um, who who had the value, who had the power with that data. That what we're seeing is a reduction in the sort of digital uh, utopianism uh, of, of the use of technology quickly shifting into dystopian uh, there's very rarely is there a bit in the middle um we've i think we've we're starting to pass that quite quickly where people are becoming much more skeptical of not just who they're giving their data to but how that is being used and this asymmetric power dynamic by which a, a platform for you to use it and therefore to be able to meaningfully con- you know engage in a, in a digital life uh means that you have to give so much of your personal data and your information to them without any direct you know benefit or turn back to 
that user, you, you as a user, I think that is starting to shift. And I think that people are starting to ask more questions. Um, I think the the big platforms are starting to see that as a, as a drop off. Um, the the the, the um, uh, sort of increase in numbers of people use, um, going online on big platforms, the way in which people are interacting with them, these patterns of behavior are changing um, and they are becoming more of an issue where that, that power dynamic needs to shift. And when you can position yourself as someone, uh, as, a, as a company who understands that, who understands what a, um, what a fair value proposition for that for your users are and we've been talking about the you know this three-pronged value proposition um so when you provide your data to world told story there is value in that data for world told story um there is value in that data for the user by optimization of products and services but potentially other benefits and other unlocking other things in the future but also that uh the value to the broader public and how that data and how that information can be used to make system level change in a ecosystem where data is was until very recently quite difficult to come by um looking at you know sexual reproductive uh, health uh, narrative or discourse data a few years ago completely impossible to get meaningful insight out of that but now we're able to make better public policy and make greater system level change on these issues that that then becomes an actual key for people to to look back at their dystopian view of platforms and the way in which they're they're handling their data and make more informed choices I really love what you've just touched on and uh, the part that really strikes a chord with me is the area where you say a lot of people their first time especially here in Kenya a lot of our young people and our young audience the first time they'll be touching the internet effectively is through one of our platforms and I think it's so important that we take a lead as a lead youth brand in the country and in the region um being that we operate between Kenya and Tanzania that we take the first step towards protecting that which is so important to us which is our young people and our fans and um the brand li- literally holds our fans as the as the main asset so protecting them and protecting their information becomes such a key thing in allowing them to fully utilize and experience this new world of online now to make things a little more practical how are you helping us realize all that we've been talking about now so um our approach is 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 quite simple we um when we first met um we 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 thought about what the sort of big questions big challenges were and what we did was we went through a a broad assessment you know everything that well told story um is doing all of your products all your services uh, and all the future products and services and got a real deep understanding of what you're collecting what you're using it for how you want to use it in the future what your sort of goals and objectives are and did a you know very deep analysis of those different um, areas both from a legal perspective sort of what the national law and national laws in both Kenya and Tanzania look like but what are the um the regional or um uh, standards or what are the sort of global standards um that you should be thinking about how to apply as you go forward so from that assessment uh, we built out a set of recommendations that we're working through at the moment and these are mostly sort of bucketed in in, in three key areas one is what are the policies and frameworks that you need in place to be able to get you to and 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 hold you know onto these these standards that you that you've agreed to do um so this will be you know your data management policy internally um this will be operational guidelines for particular staff that are interacting with user data and using it for their day-to-day jobs but for future for future products and services as well and then the uh, the second area is communication so how do we make this 
realistic? How do you make this plain? How do you make this accessible for your users? How do you tell that story to your donors um, uh, and and to uh, to your potential uh, clients and funders and partners in the future as well? So what is that story? How are you going to ensure that you can tell that to, to your users to build their trust to make sure that it's, it's really accessible? We've all sat there with that 72 clause terms of service uh, checkbox. Um, that's absolutely not what we're what we're about here. Um, what we're trying to do is make this actually practical um, and where people can really understand what you're going to do with their data and how you're going to protect it so they make that informed choice. And the third area is around training. So we have great policies, um, we have great communications. Well, no one in the staff knows um, what to do about that. Of course, that's not the case here, but what, what are we going to do to make sure that the right people have the right skills and capabilities to implement these uh, these new frameworks and, the, and these policies? How will they know when they need to be reviewed? Who will they ask when, they, when, that, when, that, when that process needs to happen? And how will they make sure that they you know, you embed and continue to maintain the highest standards and best practice. Excellent. And um, I think the one part that really touched me is the 72-page terms and conditions every time I try update my software on my phone, um, where I end up sort of feeling as a victim that I have no choice but to accept if I'm actually to continue using this. And I know one of the things we spent quite a lot of hours working on in the last few days has been, could we write in plain language what I'm getting myself into when I check that box and I agree to use this app and I agree for well told story to access this particular information about me. What am I actually getting? And in succinct short sentences, and I know we spoke at length as well about how we'll be working to move this forward and turn it into Sheng. Use visuals, um, which is what we're good about is telling stories, but make it so user-friendly that you don't need an advanced comprehension of English and, and, and a degree to just basically understand this. And that really excites me. Now, to just sort of wrap it up, where can our listeners who are interested in learning more about this get more information? I know you can find it on our website on worldtoldstory.co.ke, but we will be sharing at least the overview of what we've done and sharing where our policy framework um, is headed and actually putting out our human rights statement and, and our commitment to this cause. But if uh, our listeners are keen on learning more about data privacy, data protection, security, and human rights positioning at large for their businesses and, and, and their, 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 the organizations that we work with, where could they go to find more information in this space? I think the first place that I would uh, I would push and 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 plug is a uh, uh, global partners website so gp-digital.org um where we've created a uh, Kenyan specific guide for how tech SMEs can uh, protect privacy and security and free expression of their users it's a very easy and accessible guide there um, and in the back of that guide there's a useful resources section so um, who else in the Kenyan context could you speak to um, who else globally um, other sort of the, the global standard bearers there um, but also on adapt um, so on our website weadapt.io we have a little bit of information about what we're doing and 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 how to get in touch with us and we're always happy to, to have these conversations with people and see how um, we might be able to point you in the right direction and help in any way that we can Excellent. Thank you very much. This has been Charles Bradley joining us from ADAPT. And I'm Nigel Okubu, the head of digital here at Well Told Story. And thank you very much for spending time with us this afternoon and sharing some of these insights and meaningful work that we've been doing. Thanks for having us on the show. You've been listening to the Well Told Story Insights podcast. 
You can find all of our previous podcast episodes along with blog posts, research, videos and more on our website welltoldstory.co.ke. Until next time, from me producer Steph, thank you for listening to the Well Told Story Insights podcast.